What's going on? What's going on? Welcome to Voice of the Culture. This is a show where we are going to be uh, breaking down all the best things in music and all the best things of the culture. Uh, I am joined by my co-hosts, Chris, Stephen, and Gerald. What's going on, guys? Yo, what's up? What's going on? What's going on? All right, so before, just to give you guys, like, an overview or whatever of what the show's going to be about. Like I said, we're going to be breaking down whether it's album releases, uh, singles that drop, just anything music-wise and anything that pushes the culture. Uh, so we have yes. a lot to talk about today, a lot to talk about. But before we get into our actual topics, I'm in this, I'm in this mood right now, man. I'm loving having a show uh, with the guys. And you guys know this song, I know you do, but this this is how I'm feeling tonight, and this is how excited I am about this show. Yeah. I mean, like, I gotta be like, yeah. this shit, you know? I, I, I was popping that Chris Dow and a lot of y'all niggas thought it was B and shit. You know? We in that platinum shit when all y'all chicks thought it was silver and shit. I just wanna get into that first verse. Overs in the back. Bottom line. <laughs> Hey, yo, I spit that other shit. That's a nice motherfucker shit. Fed time following yep. me around. He covers shit. Hey. Uh, I'm all year money. I'm popping. You ain't got to count it. It's all live yeah, money. All I never change money. money cause niggas got strange money. Knocked up. Alright, that's enough. That's enough. I'm getting too hype over here. Fun Almost fact fire. before we get into fun fact before we get into breaking down Cole's new album. Fun fact, a lot of people don't know this. This song right here, Imaginary Players. Go back and listen to Cole's album uh, for Born Center. The song, I believe, is called Mo Money. He got that. Mm-hmm. His exact flow and verse, he got that from Hove's mm-hmm. Imaginary Players. Fun fact. Oh, a lot man. of people hear that and they're like, yo, that's so original. Nah, Hove did that. <laughs> Hove did that. Um, but I do want to tell everyone out there, welcome again to Voice of the Culture. Any of y'all young cats that's still out there listening to Lil Uzi Vert and all that, Go listen to Imaginary Players and watch the video. That's classic hove. Yes. That's true hip-hop. That's just flames all day. Mm-hmm. Flames all day. All right, but let's get into Cole's new album. Speaking of flames, Cole just destroyed everything. <laughs> like, everything. <laughs> uh, but I, I kind of felt like Cole was getting ready to to give us some fire. His last few features, the one with Jeezy, the one with uh, Royce the 5'9", Cole was yep. just spitting bars. He wasn't looking to do no melodies, wasn't looking to do no radio. He was just in his bag spitting fire. So we knew something was coming, and he gave us KOD. He told us KOD has like a thousand different meanings, kids on drugs, uh, whatever else it was, but he said there's so many uh, different meanings. Kids uh, on drugs, came overdose. Uh, it's kids on drugs, king overdose, and um, kill our demons. Those are the three main meanings of the album. Man, and and Cole made sure we we faced our demons, we confronted our demons, we we called ex girlfriends, everything, called our moms, <laughs> everything was in there. Um, but Stephen, I'm gonna go to you first, man, because I know you was really digging this. I want you to tell me your overall thought. Uh, your favorite songs, and if there was anything uh, you disliked about this album. Okay. All right. So just to start it off, I just want everybody to know I am a big Cole fan. Like, I got to know this dude when Drake was starting to be really popping in 09, and I remember I was in DR in, like, Dominican Republic. Yeah, I was there, 
and my boy, he was so infatuated with, like, the hip-hop sound in, in, like, United States. That's how he learned English, for real. And he was like, yo, this guy Drake, he's popping this and that. And then he was like, yo, Jay-Z just signed this dude, J. Cole. Now, mind you, Drake was a popping dude. So I was like, oh, put some uh, Drake music on my MP3. And I wasn't even thinking about Cole. And I was like, you know what, put put some of that dude's uh, music, too. Let me hear that guy. Just something new. And just throughout that whole summer, it was the warm-up that was just going right through me, like, it was crazy. So I am a big Cole fan, and I was kind of my feelings to to this album before it dropped was um I was a little nervous because I feel like Cole doesn't have nothing to prove, but I feel like there's a good amount of crowd like there's some people out there that that feel that his music is trash and this and that, and and I just feel like he needed to shut those people up. You know what I'm saying? And Amen. so when this first yeah, so when this album started, you know what I mean, like my first listen, I'm very critical. So, you know, my first listen, I ne- it's never my best listen. So my first listen, I'm a little confused. I'm going to be honest. I was nervous because I'm like, man, you know, Cole is hitting a few pockets here. He doesn't usually hit. So at first I'm thinking you don't have to, to reach on these pockets. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't have to try to cater to this sound. But then when I looked at the cover and I see the kids and I see the whole – thing about, like, little mumble rappers and how this new generation is, I started understanding it more. So when the second listen came in, I mean, it just hit so smooth. It was perfect because I feel like what he did in this album was he he catered to some of these, like, this new crowd, and then he pulled them in. And once he had them in, then he started tackling these real serious topics, like, throughout the, the album later, like in the half of the album and then like so on. And it was just it was just crazy how he did it, man. Um there's a lot to go with it, but I, I definitely want to hear uh a little bit more of what you guys gotta say and then I'll give you more thoughts on on, on some of the breakdowns in the songs. But my favorite <clears> song I would say is Brackets. Brackets is, is has to be my favorite song. I mean like that storytelling, how he stretched it out from paying taxes to the money circulating in the country, to funding these secret companies that make guns that go back to the hood and kill the little boy, and the mother goes and she's got to pay the tax. Everything it was crazy. So you know, I thought it was dope. I thought it was fire. Yeah. Uh, before I before I pass it on, was there anything you didn't like about this album? Every anything I didn't like on the album. Um, what didn't I like about the album? To be honest with you, I don't have much. If anything, it's a song that's, like, my least favorite, kind of, I would say. Other than mm-hmm. that, it's tough because even though it's my least favorite, it's still not a bad song, and the chorus is dope. But that would be Kevin's Heart. That would be my least favorite song. But other than that, I just liked, I liked the, I like it was a 45-minute album. It was compact, straight to the point. And and he just catered to to a lot of different sounds, and he pretty much gave everybody a little piece of everything. Um, so as far as something I didn't like, I can't really say I didn't like much about it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I feel I feel like throughout his albums, now that they're like you know he's getting older and this and that, he's, he's starting to realize the mistakes that he kind of I felt he made in the earlier projects. Um, maybe an album like Born Center, which was which was a dope album. But I feel like it was too long, you know what I mean? And no, no one's going to sit on a 16-track album like that, you know, without, like, wandering around or, like, having their head spaced out a little bit. But I feel like with a 
track album or 13 track album, those are like the perfect albums in the sense of trying to, I mean, Illmatic, Nas, which is literally considered one of the greatest hip hop albums. That's a, I think it was a 10 track album. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was short and to the point. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't think I have much to say as, uh, as far as something I didn't like on the album. Um, what I yeah. didn't like from the beginning, which I actually felt stupid to even doubt that Cole was actually going to cater to them in that way. Because in a sense, he's catering to them, but he's also making fun of them. If you notice, when he's hitting those pockets and he's rapping these ways, he's actually talking about like that ignorant mindset of the mumble rappers. You get what I'm saying? So it's like he's putting himself in those shoes. So once I realized that, it took away any negative thought that I had from it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, uh, what, what I kind of felt from what Cole was trying to do was he was trying to show him like, all right, y'all like these trappy beats, y'all like these hard beats uh, with, with no lyrical content. I'm going to flip it. I'm going to take those same beats, spice them up a bit, and I'm going to show you that you can give lyrical content on some, you know, some – some heavy beats, you know what I'm saying? Like some, some trappish kind of feel uh, of the beats. It was just him coming out addressing things. And, and to me, well, one thing I don't like about Cole and Kendrick, like I feel as though they feel as though they're too great to address certain things. And that's why I love that Cole came out and did an album purely just addressing things. Um, but I will say before I pass it to you, Chris, one thing I need from Cole, Kendrick, Sean, Drake, they're, they're in competition with each other. Like, there is no one that's head over heels of the other. Like, you could say Kendrick and Cole are neck to neck, then it's Sean and Drake or vice versa. But I need them to start coming for each other. You know what I'm saying? And I don't mean, like, starting beef or nothing. Just make it more competitive, make it more fun. Like, just say somebody's name, even if it's just jokingly. Like, to me, to me it's too many, too many subliminals. Like, even Cole, like, you didn't know on that last project he did where he did that freestyle on top of the truck where he was addressing these mumble rappers. Like, I kind of want you to address them by name. So I'm sure there's, there's some quote-unquote mumble rappers that Cole probably does think is, is pretty dope. You know what I'm saying? He didn't mean every single one. Just like when Jay-Z yeah. dropped DOA. Jay-Z wasn't, wasn't coming after literally everybody that used autotune. He was just trying to say auto tune is not something everybody should be using. Go ahead, my bad. No, well, I, I, I mean, because I, I know Drake said a line uh, in a, one of his old songs. Now I don't remember exactly how the line went, so don't you know, clown me on that. But if something goes on the line about not even saying the person's name, because you're kind of just giving them, you know, like clout uh, uh, to just even say their name. You know what I mean? And especially yeah, like that's I was in the last. In the last track, 1985, everyone knows he was talking about Lil Pump or, or, or these little rappers, but uh, Cole is not, don't say those kids' names, you know what I'm saying? Those kids don't even deserve, they said Cole's name when they when Lil Pump dissed Cole, you know what I'm saying? I don't right, feel like he's I got mean, it. We, we have to remember, like, saying, saying these kids' names doesn't, well, it, it will add to them, but we got to remember, they already have their name. Like, they're out here. On on the Breakfast Club, you know, on on all these shows, you know, all the yeah. views on Instagram or whatever. So it's not like you're mentioning somebody's somebody whack, and you know you're about to give them like mad clout. 
Like, nah, these guys are already hot in these streets, you know, to the to the younger uh, younger kids. But to me, it's like I want to know exactly who you're talking about so then it forces that person that you're talking about to respond. And I know okay. we're going to get to it later because Cole did have someone respond to him about it, but we'll get into that later. But for now, Chris, uh, what was your overall thoughts on the album? What was your favorite track? And if anything, was there anything that you did not like about this uh, this album, K.O.D.? Yeah, um, you know, this this album is really like, like you ever, you ever get on a plane, you know, because I live in Jersey, man. Remember the first time I went to Florida, I got off that plane, it was like a, a breath of fresh air. I'm like, yo, what is this? Like, yo, I like this. This this was his album. Like, it was a, out of all, like, the mumble rap and all this thing. Like, because the thing is, like, lately I've been just listening to straight, like, some R&B stuff, you know, some alternative stuff. And then, you know, I, was, I hear Cole's coming out with an album. Like, yeah, man, this 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 is just, like, I can't, like, you have to listen to it. Like, you got to be like, yo, I got to listen to this album. And this is what it was for me, man. Like, it was really, it was really, really, like, it was a breath, uh, breath of fresh air. Um, I mean, I didn't really, you know, I didn't really dislike the album, like, at all. Like, it, like, like as soon as I started listening to it, it brought me back to, like, you know, the warm-up Friday Night Lights, you know, back in, you know, the old cold, you know, like, it brought me back to that. You know, and that's hard to find because most of these rappers now, they don't spit don't spit bars anymore. So, yep. I mean, I think my best, you know, I mean, I, my favorite song, my favorite song is probably, um, I don't know, it's ATM to me, bro. Like, I, like, <laughs> I just really like that song. Like, it has a little bounce to it. It's just, like, I can just vibe to that. Like, I was listening to that all day in my house. Like, I had to listen to, like, the whole album play through, but I probably listened to ATM, like, two or three times in a row. Like, yo, like, this, this is such fire, it's got, man. It's got his- it's got its messages too, man. That's like even though like you like ATM, man, and it has got it's got that bounce. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the message in ATM too. It's like you know, it's like oh, count it up, count it up, count it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, what what did you exactly. say at the end of that course? It goes, um, you know what I mean? You can't live without it, but you, you can't take it when you die. You know what I mean? It's like exactly. And, and if you see the video, it breaks it down even clearer for you. Like it's these guys they're putting their money and and all this on things that are materialistic that don't mean much. And then eventually you end up with really nothing, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, J. Cole, like, I- I'm telling you, I don't know. It's just, like, the two, the, like, one of the best rappers in my list, yo, is J. Cole and Big Crit. Like, these guys spit so much facts. Like, and it's, and it's like every time they rap, they tell a story, you know what I mean? They give a little, they give a little piece of them. You know, and they share it with every, like share it with the world. You know, share it with their fans. You know, and and that's something you have gotta appreciate as like a music lover, or you know, if you're listening to music, like you have to in somewhat way, shape, or form, like appreciate what J Cole has done to the culture and done, you know, for you know the music industry. You know, definitely. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm completely with you, and I want to say shout out to bringing up um, Big Crit because he's the most slept on. Rapper, lyricist, however you want to call him, uh, in the game. And I mean, what he just went through with Def Jam, you know, Def Jam giving up on him, so him pretty much producing that album and stuff by himself. Uh, The the man is just, he's sick with it. He is sick with it. And we don't give Big Crit, we don't give Big Crit enough uh, credit. So that's why Voice of the Culture is here, so that we can shed more light on these rappers that people are ignoring. You know, because they don't have those radio hits, 
or stuff like that. Like, you can't sleep on him. You can't sleep on Royce, who just had a fire project. Um, you know, so guys like that, we got to make sure we're, we're, we're putting a light on so people know, like, yep. real hip-hop is out there. You just choose not to listen to it or you don't know exactly. about it. Um, exactly. But uh, I'm going to kick it to you, Gerald. Same thing. Your overall thoughts, your favorite track, and if anything, was there anything you didn't like about this album? I thought the album was pure genius, like, straight up. I'm not even going to front. Like, it was, like, one of Cole's best albums since uh, Born Center and Cold World. But to piggyback what Steven said, like, one thing I really didn't like was, like, how he pandered. Like, you know how, like, he just pandered. Like, you know what, let me just pull what one of these, you know, young rappers do to get you guys' attention. I feel like his lyricism alone is something that will draw people in. Like, I remember I used to, like, just deal with J. Cole. Like, nobody, like, heard of him. Like, people were like, who you listen to? Like, yo, J. Cole. Like, I put a lot of people on. So, he's, to me, to be honest, him and Kanye need to collaborate because I'm still waiting on Kanye's album. And I still, to this day, say Kanye West is one of the greatest lyricists to to ever dawn a mic for the simple fact, and I can't stress this enough, no rapper in history has ever wrote an album in 72 hours and still be fire. Like, most rappers, if they rushed an album, it'd be like, eh, it's, he fell off. But the fact that Kanye got his heart broken, wrote an album, which is 808 and Heartbreak, still one of, the best, one of his best albums to this Jail. day. I wanna I wanna ask you this because I asked someone this the other day and they didn't know. So then it started to make me think there's probably a lot of people out there that didn't know. You're a fan of 808 Heartbreak. What mm-hmm. rapper motivated that album from Kanye? What rapper motivated that? Mm-hmm. Like where did Kanye get that 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 sound that feel? I don't want to say style, but like where did he kind of get that? that pocket and, 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 and stuff like that from? Like, do you know what, what album kind of, like, influenced the, the sound of 808 Heartbreak? This is interesting. I'm I don't know this. Man, I'm uh, going yeah. to jump out on the limb. I don't know, man. I want to say I want to say Kid Cudi, to be honest with you. But I don't know. You it, it's not nah, like it's, Kid Cudi, but, but I, I, honestly, I would, I would have to say... Mm, I don't know. Like I'm trying to, I don't want to just throw any rapper out there because Kanye, you know, made that his own. But I don't know. I really don't. Can't really think of anybody right now. Because when I when I tell you when I tell you guys, you guys aren't gonna believe me. But if you go back and listen to the album, we've heard an album like that before. I don't know what album. I'm I'm curious to know what uh what who who you think inspired him. The love below. Anyone see me with that album? The Love Below. Love. The Love, love Below. Mm-hmm. That is by Andre Three Stacks and Big Boy. That was an Yo, outcast you're album. Right. Oh, yeah. you're right. Yo, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yep. A lot of people a lot of people just are like so quick to be like, yo, Kanye created that sound, that birth cutty and birth, you know, somewhat Drake and everything. I'm like, wait a minute. 
Kanye said this numerous times, Andre 2000 was like, you know what I'm saying, like what kind of paved the way for kind of what that album was, what 808 Heartbreaks was. The Love Below is almost, because you guys got to remember, it was The Love Below and then The Speaker Box. Him and, and uh, Big Boy had like a separate album that kind of came together. Remember, it was it was kind of like rivals versus each other or whatever. They were doing that fun little album. If you listen to the yeah. Love Below part, some of the melodies and the sounds of that, you can find in 808 Heartbreak. Wow. Right. Now I have to listen to it again. <laughs> listen to it again. Listen to it again. And just yeah. in case, because, you know, just in case maybe I'm I'm out of my mind, listen to it again, <laughs> see if there's any similarities to it. Um, and if you guys feel the same, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about it, uh, next week, but definitely listen to that. Cause you can kind of look at Andre 2000 and kind of, you guys know the kind of music he would put out and then listen to that yep. album, like listen to 808 Heartbreaks again. And you'll definitely see like, Oh, okay. Okay. Kanye didn't steal anything, but you kind of see where the blueprint came from. Cause the sounds, the pockets and stuff like that. Like it was, it all kind of right. felt familiar. Uh, but my bad, Judd. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just curious if anybody else thought thought that or, or saw that the, kind of the same way that I did. I was just curious because when I told someone, they were like, no way. And I'm just like, all right, maybe I'm crazy. I asked the guys later on. And I was like, maybe I'm out of my mind. Uh, but, yeah, my bad. I mean, I mean to cut you off. Go ahead, Joe. No, no, that's all good. I, like I was just saying, like, I, I thought the album was pure genius and – the only thing I really didn't like about the album was, like I said, the piggyback off of, you know, Steven. Like, it, it was just like the pandering. Like, his lyricism alone, he doesn't need to. And best track was when he actually took the time to, you know, actually try to sit these young rappers down and be like, listen, like, you, you know, focus on the music, focus on what you love, you know what I'm saying? Like, you ain't got to do drugs and, you know, basically – live these lives that you know you're not really living to basically, you know, do what you love. And that, that was one thing that actually, like, you know, touched me because, you know, you got a lot of people out here with that broke man syndrome who just, you know, posting up on Instagram and stuff like that. Like, the one thing I hate is when people, like, make it look like they like their money's calling them when, that, when that's really, like, they rent money or, like, their mom, they took their money out their mom's purse or something like that. That's the thing I don't like, but other than that, I thought the album was like pure fire. Uh, just yeah, to uh, clarify real quick, uh, Gerald, just to clarify, I don't have a problem with with uh, the moves that he did with the catering. Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was like I said at the beginning, I was a little confused because I'm very critical from the jump. But uh, once I started hearing it, uh, I thought it was genius. The sense that that he's bringing them in, like he's luring them in like that. Because people like me and you, we're going to listen regardless because we know what he's coming with on his messages. But this was a mm-hmm. brilliant way to bring just that generation, you know, that of those mumble rappers that they want to hear that hype stuff. And it's crazy because it's, he, like, even the songs where he's, where it's like hype, you know what I'm saying? Like KOD, uh, ATM, Motivate. He's saying some real shit in those songs. So eventually, once you stop getting so hyped with the music, the next thing that's going to attract you is the lyrics, and that's when you're going to really open your eyes, at least for those kids, you know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. So I wanted to clarify that I wasn't upset that he did that. I was I was just highly critical at the beginning because I didn't understand it until, like, 
I started painting the full picture of the cover art, you know, the 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 meaning of the album, which is kids on drugs. So it's obviously, you know, directed to like the kids right now and, and the new wave with, with you know, promethazine and all these crazy drugs and, and, and all hype stuff and everybody's pretty much afraid to, to really open up and, you know, express themselves, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, man, I, I'm I'm completely with you. I mean, I I honestly would say my favorite song was was 1985, because uh, I thought one of the one of the best verses uh, was him saying how <laughs> they're gonna end up on loving hip hop, and and it's funny because yeah. what a lot of what a lot of people are unaware of getting into the rap game is it's a short shelf life. Like we yeah. we see a lot of rappers that that do it for like ten years. 15 years, like if you're Hove, Eminem, you know, Cole's been in it for a long time, Kendrick, Drake, Nicki, they forget that there's been a lot of rappers in between that that aren't still here rapping. Um, They either retired because the audience shrunk up or they had to find different ways to uh, provide for themselves because certain things like tours weren't, weren't still working. Like, perfect example, Waka Flocka came out, and as soon as he came out was almost as soon as he, he left. And then Waka went to just doing touring and, and DJ. Like, he had to change up how he did things. Because when was the last time you heard a Waka Flocka track on, on the radio? That's true. Definitely you know what I'm saying? Like, guys like Never. Roscoe Dash, he's, he's doing more behind the scenes. Because, like, when was the last time y'all heard Roscoe Dash? You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of guys that had to either change how they go about doing music or they had to, like, do music from a producer standpoint because they couldn't, you know, give out singles and stuff like that anymore because it just wasn't hitting anymore. So, I mean, I love the story that he was telling them, like, yeah, like, these white kids love you now, but then, like, what happens when Lil Bubblegum comes out? They're going to forget about you and go to Lil Bubblegum, and now what, what you going to do? You're going to tour those, those four songs? I mean, like, I laugh at that, but... I was I was told a story of how designer tours and he does panda like eight times and the crowd gets even hyper each time he does that same song. So I mean maybe you can survive off just having like four hits and just touring off those four hits. I don't know, but from what Cole was saying, he was saying don't don't assume that's something you can hang your hat on. That's not for everybody. Um, but I mean, you know, he made a lot of good points in that song. It was kind of like a, come here, come here, young young man, sit on my lap. Let me tell you the story about the, the good old days and, and what you can do better. Like I thought that was yep. totally a boss move by Cole. I thought that was hilarious. Um, total, it was a total, uh, you know, awakening and and like a slap to the face to these young kids that are just doing anything. Um, and speaking of the, the the fact that we're the voice of the culture, I wanted to before we leave this topic because it has, I guess, to do with the lulls. Uh, there's a lot of people that are. Let me not say a lot of people. A lot of white people that are, as you would say, uh, culture vultures. And w- what's bothering me about uh, the idea of that is they keep saying that they aren't culture vultures. And the the latest person I heard say that was. Bad Bobby or Barbie, whatever her name is, the Catch Me Outside chick, who's oh, saying yeah, that yeah. she doesn't she doesn't take from our culture. 
And it's just like, really? Because I've never, and not even Eminem does the stuff like what, what she's doing. Like Eminem's always been that crazy white dude that's been in his own pocket, and there's never really been anything uh, quite like Eminem uh, since. You know what I'm saying? I always thought Yellow Wolf was like a watered-down version of that. Um, <laughs> the guy has crazy lyrical content. Um, but we, we have to, as the voices of the culture, we have to put uh, a spotlight on these quote-unquote culture vultures uh, that are that are really trying to just hone in in a time where you don't actually have to give bars, you don't actually have to be established as, as like, a true rapper, or you don't actually have to live through what you're rapping about. Like, you can literally just say, uh, I got all the guns, I got all the money, and people just believe it. So, you know, it, to me, it's just one of those things where it's just, like, it's completely – I feel really sad for this next generation that's coming. Like, I I thought our generation was, <laughs> was going to be, like, the craziest one, but this new generation is insane. You got low pays out here. You got smoke perps out here, whatever their names – it's just insane. Um, Steven, so I wanted to ask you first, like, do you buy into the idea of, like, culture vultures? Is that something that you think is, is alive and, like, unfortunately thriving right now? Or do you think it's maybe one or two people and they'll kind of fade away soon and, and we won't have that issue anymore? Well, like, my take is a little, like, the way I look at that is, you know, I, there is such thing as culture vulture. That's that's one, just to lay that out, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think I think Post Malone is one of them, you know? And one thing that's oh, really? about Post Malone. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, I really do. And one thing that pisses me off about him is, you know, obviously hip-hop has given him all his fortunes. You know what I'm saying? That's where he's excelling at. But he goes in these interviews and he says, if you want music with meaning or music with, with emotion or this and that, don't listen to hip-hop. Uh, you know, listen to rock or listen to this and that, which I got nothing against rock or any other genre. But when you make your living and your fortune off of hip-hop, and then you want to go in your concerts and, and do rock shows and, and try to express how rock is this, rock is that, and hip-hop don't have these deep meanings, like now you're very disrespectful because hip-hop has done a lot for me, you know what I'm saying? And I think it has done a lot for a lot of people, you know what I mean? We 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 establish our, uh, our like, personalities and the way we, we interact with the world based on hip-hop, based on what we learned from these people writing these poetry, because it really is just poetry, you know what I mean? And you connect with it. So for you to say, uh, you know, there's no emotion or no, uh, it, you can't find that hip-hop, very insulting. So, you know, Post Malone, definitely a culture watch in my eyes. I don't like the guy ever since that interview. Um, uh-huh. With that being said, the culture, the, just that saying right there, it's a very, very, like, it's a, it's a very I don't even know what word to put for it, but it's it's just scary. It's scary because you don't want to say that this girl, uh, Bad Bobby or whatever her name is, you don't want to say she's a culture vulture or that other girl, Wolf Vicky. You don't want to say that she's a culture vulture because at the end of the day, they just acting ignorant as hell. You know what I'm saying? Right. They're just being some ignorant ass people, and I feel like it's so blurred in today's society the way people think that they want to be like, oh, she's acting black. Like, don't say she's acting black. That's not acting black. You know what I'm saying? That's you, you, She's just 
an ignorant dumbass. You know what I mean? So I don't mm-hmm. accept that as culture vulture because you're not. You know what I mean? You're. That's not culture vulture. You're literally. I don't even know what to call that, but that's not cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, so what does yeah, that say? What does that say for people? You know what I'm saying? Like, what does that say to people like us to say I think, she's culture vulture because she's acting black? I would never say that someone that's acting like them is acting black. I say you're I acting think, ignorant. I, I won't say you're acting black. I get where you're coming from, and I don't disagree yeah. with that at all. I think more so what they're meaning by taking the culture is uh, the the way we express ourselves, like like. The, our dialogue, like that, is, that's our dialogue. And I'm not talking about the act of being ignorant, but just the nah mean and, you, you know, nah I'm saying, like that's just something that white people just generally aren't born, that, that, that's not how, how they communicate with each other. You, you know what I'm saying? So it's like yeah. when you hear them talking like that, it's like, yo, I know if I met your mom right now, your dad, your little brother, your sister, like that's not how they sound. You, you know... You were at school one day. You started hanging out with 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 Becky, not not Becky, but like you know, like some black people. And now you you started to like embrace that, and now that's how you talk. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like that's not you though. Like you're you're taking from someone else's culture. That that that's not you. So I get what you're saying. You're saying how she's acting isn't. She's not acting black. She's just acting ignorant. I'm talking more. Yeah, so definitely. The, it's a very it's a touchy subject because. It's just a fine line. It's like when uh, right. when someone tells a black person to go like, oh, you talk white, or because the person's talking properly. I hate like, that. Don't, right. Don't, yeah, it pisses me off because no, I'm not talking white. I'm talking proper. Like, what are you trying to say? You know what I'm saying? You're saying there's only one way to talk black, and that's, you know what I'm saying, ghetto or some shit? You know what I mean? So right. it, it's, it's, right. it's a lot of blurred things, and it's upsetting because there's black people that actually believe in those type of that type of mentality to be like, yeah, she is, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, man, like, you got to think better than that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I I always saw it to where it was like, for example, I'm a huge Justin Timberlake fan. Like, I, I don't want to say Stan, but I'm I'm close to it. Like, Justin Timberlake is one of my favorite artists. But if you listen to NSYNC and then listen to his first solo album uh, produced by Timberland, you would definitely think Justin Timberlake thought he was black for, for like a few albums. And it was like, yeah, yeah, man, like, that wasn't you when you was doing, like, the, the NSYNC junk, so why do you feel like that can be you now that you're on your own? And, and you know, Timbaland got you a few beats, Pharrell's endorsed you, and the, the clips was on, like, one of your hit songs, now what? Like, you, 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 you're doing what? You know what I'm saying? So to me, yeah. I always thought Justin Timberlake had a weird transition, Justin Bieber's same exact way started hanging out with, with Young Money and, and Drake and everything, then he thought he started to become hard. His his words started to change. And, and what I always thought was crazy about Justin Bieber was he had that video where he was saying the N-word, like, a lot. Like, he even made a song mm-hmm. about it. And then all he was hanging with was black people. And I was just like, yo, y'all are crazy. Like, I get y'all trying to stay around him to, to get something like opportunities or money or something, but it's like, it has to be a line, like, you know what I'm saying? Some people are like, well, he was young, didn't know better. To me, I feel as though racism isn't something that leaves you. Like, it's not, there's not a cure for racism. Like, so if you felt that way on Monday, it's hard for me to believe that by Tuesday, it's just out of your system. And it's, that was just a one-day thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, look, I look at situations of, of those people like that. I don't like it. I will say what you were saying about Post Malone. 
he did kind of clean it up and explain more about he said the the interview was in in the the way he was kind of responding to it was kind of taken out of out of uh context he didn't really mean it like that uh but if you look at it and you are trying to base your struggles or emotions off of today's hip hop uh because I don't classify Drake, Kendrick, Cole, uh Big Crit, Nas, Eminem, I don't consider them like today's hip hop. Like they're on a whole nother stratosphere. So if you're looking at Yeah, no, they definitely came get, in at a different time. Right. So if you're looking at today's hip hop trying to get emotion, trying to get a feel of something, like that's not what today's hip hop is. Today's hip hop is you want to dance, right? All right, here you go. You you want to smoke a drink, right? All right, here you go. You want to tote your gun. All right, here you go. Like there's no there's no feeling, there's no meaning behind any of today's music. So maybe that's what he was trying to say, but he cleaned it up and gave like a PC answer. So I I, I mean, you know, I, if, I feel where I mean, you're coming from. If that is what he was trying to say, like I could understand that type of thing. But then again, you also got to remember today's hip hop or was regarded as today's hip hop really just started not on not on, like just a few years ago. You got what I'm saying? Like the Drake, yeah. the Coles, the, the Kendricks, they 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 really made their mark around 2009, 2010 and and 2011, 2012 with Kanye, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. I mean, a lot of amazing albums came through in those times and that's real hip hop. And uh, you know, like I just feel like hip hop in in its history has way more content than the last two years of the bullshit that's out right. now. So to say, you know what I mean, that's why I can't accept as to say today's hip-hop, because it's only been two years that this mumble rap has really pushed itself like that. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, so Absolutely. Like Even we, though can't, we can't let two years of this mumble genre take away from the history. that. Yeah, exactly, the time and the history right. of hip-hop. Has. So that's how I look at that, you know. Nah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Even though I, I think a lot of people keep forgetting, uh, we had some mumble rap years in the middle of our actual rap years. It was called uh, the Lil John era. Because all I'm saying is I never understood what Lil John was saying. Was saying. So I considered that mumble rap. Half half yeah. Lil John's crew was just dancing, moving around, and saying words that rhymed. They weren't really spitting nothing. Um, yeah. But anyway. Because uh, we have so many more topics, so we're gonna get back to Cole a little bit towards the end because we're gonna wrap wrap up the show on on J Cole. So we're gonna get right back to him, but let's move on. We're gonna talk. We're gonna break down uh, two people who have albums coming uh, in June: Drake and Kanye. We're gonna debate uh, what was each of their best albums. Uh, and Kanye's that that one's gonna be a lot of fun and very difficult because <laughs> I am one of the rare people that feel like Kanye has maybe one bad album. Um, so I put all of his albums up there. Um, so let's actually let's start with that. Let's start with that. And the album that I'm gonna go with that I think is Kanye's best is the album that constantly motivates me and pushes me, and that's the College Dropout. That was possibly mm-hmm. one of the most lyrical, the most just the beats were insane, the content was insane, the message was insane. And let me just name you some of the hits that maybe we forgot about. Uh All Falls Down, Jesus Walk, Get 'em High, the new workout plan that people keep sleeping on. The new workout plan was not only hilarious, it's just a dope overall song. Mm-hmm. All right, we have 
Slow Jams, that was with Kanye West. That was when we got introduced to Twister, and we had Jamie Foxx on the hook. Um, a few more dope songs. Two Words with Most Deaf, Freeway, um, yes. Through the Wire, and Last Call. And I'm going to put in there a sleeper that, that people really don't, don't don't pay attention to, and that's Never Let Me Down with Kanye West oh, an and, and Jay-Z. Amazing song. Amazing, amazing, amazing song. And another deep sleeper on this album that people just wash over, Breathe In, Breathe Out. That was Kanye West and Ludacris. That song was dope. That song was dope. That was Ludacris? Yeah, that was Ludacris. Oh, shit. I didn't even know that. That was crazy. Yeah, that was Luda. That was Luda on there. People forget that that song ever existed, but that song was dope on that album. So the first album, no, I got I got the there. CD co- I got the copy the the physical copy, but I just I don't know I guess I gotta look at the track list I never I never seen Ludacris's name there. Oh, nah, his name's not on there. His name's not on there because when you look because uh, I'm on iTunes right now looking looking at the album it doesn't have any okay. name underneath it but when you listen to it that's 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 Ludacris. Okay. Um, yeah, um, but that's definitely a sleeper also. So. I'm going to go to you first, Chris. Do you think The College Dropout is Kanye's best album? And if not, tell me what you think his best album is. Uh, I mean, yo, I don't, I'm trying to think because, like, I really, like, y'all might, might think I'm crazy or something because, you know, I really like the work that was done on um, The Life of Pablo, and I really, really like it. I really like College Dropout, too. I mean, because like Kanye's album is just so I couldn't I couldn't really decide like which one's the best one because like there's all like some something in there for like you have to like that album like each album he puts out I mean like it, it for me I'm really leaning towards like the life of Pablo it's just because like it, it's just like I don't know but like every time like Kanye puts out an album his the his the way how he like puts together music, you know, it just goes like higher and higher. It just goes like out of this world, man. Like sometimes I can't believe like the type of projects he puts out because it's just so like unbelievable. Like, but I mean, I'm gonna go with the life of Pablo. Just you know, just the most. You know what? Because I'm not I'm not gonna attack you for that, Chris. Uh, because to mm-hmm. me. You could define Kanye's best albums two ways. Lyrical content, which you could say his mm-hmm. first three albums or his first right. his first three and a half albums, in case you don't want to say 808 Heartbreaks is like lyrical and you want to go right to My Dark Twisted Fantasy. Um, mm-hmm. He has, I think he has two albums, three albums that sonically are just insane. And then I think he has three albums that are just purely lyrical content. And the way I right. break those up are, if you look at, Jesus, sonically, Bruh. no one has oh. ever made an album that sounded Bruh. that dope. Sounded that dope. Then you go over to 808 Heartbreak. That sonically is an insane album, but lacks lyrical content. Like that's not what he was trying to go for by that album. And then you mm-hmm. go Life of Pablo. Life of Pablo sonically is insane. Insane, man. That first it's song as soon as it comes insane. on. That that church feel that you get oh, at Kirk Franklin what? and Chance, like that was crazy. That was like kids' bop gospel hip hop kind of mix. <laughs> For um, real, man. And then if you want to go lyrical content, you go college dropout, late registration, 
maybe go graduation, but definitely my dark twisted fantasy. Those are lyrical, like driven albums. So if yeah, you're saying you think is led by the how how it sounds, then I can't not life of Pablo. But I will say, Ye mm-hmm. wasn't really spitting on life of Pablo. Ye was just yeah. kind of kind of getting stuff off his chest. He was kind of putting out some some beautiful sounds, kind of getting in his bag a little bit, but it, it lacks the lyrical content, in my opinion. But yeah. I personally had Life of Pablo in my Kanye top five. I thought the sound of that was bananas. Bana- then yeah. he, he he flipped the panda track and put the panda track on. Like, Kanye mm-hmm. is, just, is just bananas. I heard the panda so track me, from that album. A lot of people did, right? And Chris, the, mm-hmm. the song that's my favorite off this album is um oh man, where is it? Uh the one he did with the weekend. I can't what? remember the name of it. But you know it's what I'm um, talking about, right? FML, FML yeah. I yeah, mean we go. it's just it's just like Kanye's like I, I don't know, like I, I know what you mean, like but it's just like I never heard like those that type of music, that type of sound, like you know what I mean? Like it's it's like like somebody listening to like you know like somebody like piano piece or whatever, and you feel the uh, the raw emotion. Like I feel like the emotion. I feel like what he was trying to like give you. You know what I mean? Like it was just it was just it just sounds so crazy. Same thing with you. Like it's just every time like it just it was just something else, something different, like something something like you never like never heard before. Like you know what I mean? It was, like, it was right. So crazy. right. I mean, I think. I think when Kanye's in the in the studio, he's like, "All right, my last album was was dope because it had lyrical content. I'm gonna switch it up and just give them insane, stupid beats and mad, catchy mm-hmm. hooks in my next album." So it's like it's never like when you listen to each Kanye album, it's never the same thing. Like you never listen to it and go, "Man, I heard that on the last album." You can't say that about Kanye. Mm-hmm. Um, but Gerald, but Gerald, I'm gonna go to you. Uh, what do you think is Kanye's best album? Uh, best album, hands down to me. This is just my opinion. Uh, late registration. Mm. That to me, that that was a good album to me. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love College uh, Dropout, and then uh, my Dark Twisted Fantasy like was also another great album for me. But honestly, the one that I can I can probably put on replay as like I had my my, my phone off mute and I was actually listening to it. Uh it was late registration to me. I I I just thought the album was just dope. Well to to back you up here, let me go through some of some of his best songs on here or some of his bigger songs uh that would back up that being, you know, looked at as one of his best albums. Heard him say it was Adam uh Levine or Levine. Oh my god that was a good song. Uh, Touch the Sky with Lupe Fiasco. First time I ever heard Lupe Fiasco. Um, well, that's, a, that's a good introduction. That's a great introduction. Uh, Gold Digger. Hey, by the way, hold on. Before we go into Gold Digger, Touch the Sky had one of the best music videos ever. Had Tracy oh, Ellis Ross, Nia Long, like that. That uh, Pamela Anderson. That music video was insane. That music video was dope. Um, you had Gold Digger. They flipped uh, Ray Charles and made that into a banger. Um, mm-hmm. You had Drive Slow with Paul Wall. That song was really dope. Um, My Way Home with Common was dope. 
and one of my the most underrated Kanye West tracks of all time, Crack Music with the Game. Thought that was fire. Um, this the song that makes me cry every time I hear it, Gerald, from this album is Roses. Uh, that mm-hmm. song just gets me every time. Um, we all know Diamonds of Sierra Leone. I thought the remix mm-hmm. was, was a thousand times better than the original. Mm-hmm. Hove coming on there. Yeah, Hove coming on there and shutting it down was just insane. I was like, oh, my God, Hove, Hove killed that. Um, mm-hmm. Is a remix that- with Hove? Because I like the... I like the one where it was just Kanye by himself. That, that was my favorite one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a remix. You, you didn't hear the remix with Hope? No, I heard the remix. I was confused on which the remix was. I thought the remix was... I thought the original was him and Hope, and the remix, I guess he had, like, an extra verse. I was confused on that. Oh, nah, the um, original The original is just Kanye. Uh, because even yeah, the, the, original, the, the first verse the is different. Yeah, because even the first verse is different between the original and the remix. Uh, that's mm-hmm. how. That's how. Anytime I play this song, I know which one I'm about to listen to because the first verse is usually different. Uh, and then the song that I desperately wanted to play uh, instead of that Hove track, but I was like, Nah, let me tuck this in the pocket for a later day. We major, Kanye West and Nas. What a hit! What a hit! Um, but yeah, Gerald. I, Listen, man, I'm I'm with you. Like I said, I'm one of those rare people that think most, if not all, of Kanye's albums are classic albums or his, his, you know, some of his better albums. But I'm with you, man. I love this album almost top to bottom. It was just, like I, to me, Kanye in his early in his early years reminded me of what Tory Lanez is now. He, he was too skit driven, and I hate skits in in albums. I I, I don't you think that they skits? always mesh. I hate oh. skits, man. I hate skits. Um, so I was just like, well, they gotta they gotta relax. play well. They gotta play well. Like uh, I think the best use of skits ever in an album, I would say, and you know we can only just touch this as, as much as we can, but it will be a uh, good kid, Mad City. I think that had the best skits because it yeah, was I'm so with, I'm with you story driven. I'm um, with you on that. The, the the thing I really hate about skits though is they consider it tracks, and I feel yeah. like those are fillers. And you could be using that to put a dope song in there instead of a skit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just not the biggest fan of it. I won't say I hate it. That was maybe a little bit too strong. I'm just not a huge fan of it. Because the, the skits we got in Good Kid, Mad City is pretty dope. Um, but, Steven, I'm going to kick it to you. What do you think is Kanye's best album? Okay, so when it comes to Kanye, man, what I really like about Kanye is his experimental mind, like, and and just his production, man. He's he's got these crazy sounds. So I just want to say that that I'll take that over his rapping. That his rapping can come second to that. You get what I'm saying? Um, yeah. But uh, I would say I can't tell you which one's my favorite favorite Kanye album, but I will tell you what was my favorite time of Kanye, and that was I would believe is 2012 where he had my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy and he had um, what you call Watch the Throne, which I believe, even though Jay-Z was on it, I believe it was a more Kanye type of album than Jay-Z. And he out-rapped whole, and I think most of the songs. So, what? Um, I think he, he out-rapped whole and, and most of the songs. Yeah, I definitely do. Uh, it, there's a, there's even one Let song. I forgot what, what, 
Yeah, no. <laughs> See, we're going to hit some topics here because he, I think he got rather old. Uh, what I was going to say, there's even one song in the album where, where Hove, which is very uncharacteristically, he kind of like, like, uh, I don't even know how to say it. Like, it just didn't go with the, with the, with the beat at one point. Like, he fell off the pocket of the rhyme scheme. Um, so he had a problem with one of the songs in there. So hold on, because I, I brought up the track list. So I want to ask you real quick while, while you're going. Otis okay. Hove watched Kanye on that. Uh, he watched. He watched Kanye. Well, on actually, that Otis. one and that song. To be honest with you, I can't even. I can't even pick that song as who watched you because that song was very collaborative, in the sense that they were both just going back and forth with each other. So I, yeah, I'm so who had the better part? Like, well, I'm speaking more of a sense <laughs> on like tracks where they both had their clear, like one bar was his and one. You know what I'm saying? One verse, I'm sorry. One verse was Kanye's and one verse was Okay. Was then I give you this. I give you this. I'm taking Ho's okay. verse in No Church in a While. Nope. 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 Sorry. sorry. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, man. Come I'm on. sorry, man. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just being biased in the sense that I just like Kanye's verse more, but I just do believe he unwrapped Hov in, in, in a lot of the, uh, of the album. It just, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Uh... What well, well, this song? It was this was an extra song. Do you have the full on deluxe? Yeah, like, I have, have it. Uh, there's yeah. a song towards the end. It's a deluxe version. Um, I think it's probably like maybe right. thirteen so, or something. What's the name of it? Uh, we got Illis Alive. We got Ham. We got Prime Time. We got the Joy. Prime uh, Time. Oh my God, bro! Play Prime, Prime Time. Time if you can. By Dion. And, That's Sir Eon. Yo. That's Leon, the come on, man! I love the most, bro, because he was like cocky, but he was also like this spitting some raw shit, man. I love that Kanye. That's the version. So hold on, so I feel like that you're not giving. I'm sorry, you're not giving Hove Ham. I'm sorry. You're not giving. You're not giving Hove Ham. Um, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't want to get too into it, but then again, the physical copy I have in my car is not a deluxe. So those three or four songs that are extra are not in the original regular album. You know what I'm saying? It I got ends you. In like yeah, I got you. So I'm not going to go into that right now just because I got to listen to Ham again to really, uh, you know, tell you that. But one thing I will say, Primetime, that song Primetime, the way Kanye was rapping in that song, I feel like that expresses uh, his the version that he was in 2012. Primetime shows you just what Kanye was in 2012, which was this, like, real aggressive but just dope lyricist, man. He was he was such in his pocket those times, man. My well, I'm going to tell you fantasy, Watch the Throne. I think one of them, I know they came, like, right back to back. It was very, like, he was just it that, that year, man. It was crazy. I'm going to tell you this, Stephen. Me and you are going to get together, do a, a breakdown of Watch the Throne, so we can go back and forth with each other on on who who watched who yeah. on on each song. We could easily do that, man. I promise you, I'm gonna win. But you know, I'm just saying, <laughs> you're not gonna win, man. Hove came with some fire on most of those songs that you're trying to give to Kanye. But you're right. We, we, we'll we'll pick we'll pick a different time that that we can go back and forth on that. That's gonna be a lot of fun because this album altogether was phenomenal. Both of them were bringing their A game. But man, Hov had some man. 
hold on. What's that one song that holds? Yeah. That that niggas in Paris? I don't know, yeah. man. I might have to get at the hold. Oh, now, what, no. so do you consider that like a Kanye Hope album? Because I really believe that's more in pockets. Uh, I mean, Kanye's like lean. Uh, what do you mean? You, you, you saying you saying that's more so a Kanye album than a Hope album? That's yeah. That's definitely more of a Kanye sound. I you can, know what I'm saying Kanye. I, I feel, feel like Kanye, I can feel that. You know what I mean? So that's why, like, yeah, sometimes no, no, I, people forget to mention that album, but I do believe that that album is. Is definitely one of Kanye's best, man. And because, you know, it got Hove on it, obviously people don't mention it as a Kanye album, like obviously solo project. But I do believe that I was in Kanye's pocket, and that album was just dope. I mean, shit. What, what, what's the what's track seven in that, man? Uh, Black Hold Excellence. On, let me go back. I think it's got the... Number seven? Yeah, what's number seven? Nah. Nah, number seven is uh uh that junk um hold on because it's loading my bad nah seven's not welcome to the jungle you you were talking about welcome to the jungle welcome to the jungle is eight no no I'm 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 talking about uh, I think it's just called Black Excellence the song oh nah uh murder to Ex- excellence I'm sorry yeah mur- yeah exactly and like the first the first verse or of them both is talking about like obviously the you know the violence in and the the black community and um and then the second verse is it's black excellence and they're talking about obviously you know just that itself just like from from being murdering streets of like the violence that's called you know that's like um yeah i i will say it, you know, know what i'm saying that. and then and it I'm, went from, and I'm from the murder capital where did murder for capital for yeah capital. kanye killed that Three killings this afternoon. Oh, come on, man. Stop, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kanye killed that. He killed that. He killed that. Oh, man. I, I can't lie. He, uh, he did kill that one. Oh, man. And then he goes, uh, what was it? Uh, 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 509 or something uh, died in Iraq. Uh, three sons son died in Chicago. Like, he was just saying, like, about so yeah. even in Chicago in the streets, like, there was more death. In uh in the Chicago streets and in the army, like just in the war, that was a dope. So yeah. And then it goes to Black Excellence where they're talking just about, be, you know what I'm saying about it. Hope says a line in that song where it was like, uh, I can't map it out like perfect right now, but he says a line about like the more they go up, the less people of them they see. And it was like, yeah, he mentions Will Smith, he mentions a few names, and then he's like, we need more up here, you know what I mean? And then Kanye's verse yeah. goes with uh. You know uh, how many people you see in like a black and tie event. You know what I'm saying? Like less black guys. The system working effectively. That's why. Like, yeah, yeah. That 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 album was hard, man. Yeah, I give you that, man. I give you that. You know what? I give you that. We, me and you are gonna go back and forth and, and really break down this album because had a lot we'll of great lyrical content. Yeah, we, we definitely yeah. got to do that. But that's gonna be a lot too, of fun, man. Like that was my two greats. That's the thing. Like even when you think about like. When you think about uh, duos and stuff like that, and you know you got you know the Drake and Future, which I would say is you can't even compare. But uh, right. But then you got freaking Kanye and Hove, and that that was the best. Then you there's Eminem and Royce the Five Nine, which I would say is more lyrical, but it wasn't the best one. Like because obviously the content and just the sound, um, I take that. Yeah, one and I, lyric, I feel like like lyrical 
super lyrical bar to bar, I take storytelling and stuff like that way more. Um, obviously, add some bars in say, there, but I will say ahead, uh, that one sla- that one slaughterhouse album, I would put I would put right next to to watch the throne because I, I I think I think it could stand toe to toe with it. You know that what one album slaughterhouse I think album blow up. fire. The, yeah, the duo that everyone's waiting for is Joe Budden. That's the duo album people are waiting for, though, man. See, to me, to me, I feel like if they did an album together, it would be short, and I want it to be as long as Watch the Throne was, because that to me was just nonstop hit after hit after hit with nothing but just pure lyrical content and fat beats. Well, what, what do you and consider short? Though, because I consider, what do you consider short? Knowing Cole and Kendrick was twelve tracks. Knowing Cole and Kendrick, they would give us six to eight, and I wouldn't be okay with that. They would not give us six to eight tracks. They man. would give us six they to eight. They haven't gave them six they to eight, eight tracks in none of their albums. Don't, don't disrespect them I know, but we're, like talking a collab, we're talking a collab album. I guarantee you that's exactly what they would do. No, no. Then they better nah, be they've like been working, 20 they've been, And mind you, they are working on this album, and they've been working on this for too long. They ain't giving no eight tracks, man. I'm sorry. I can't agree on that. Man, Cole, Cole and Kendrick ain't, ain't working on this album. They've been... Man, I, I wonder what we're gonna get first, uh, Dr. Dre's album or or this Cole and and oh and, uh, no, you wildin', man, you wildin', bro, bro. Even Abso mentioned it. He about... said they've been working on that for a minute. You think he's gonna say they lying? Mind you, did no, you I also think... see the tweet that uh TDE President Top Dog uh sent out like on the day that Cole dropped his uh his album? He sent out uh like a picture of a fruit and it said Forbidden Fruit, which is the same name of the title that Kendrick and Cole was in on on in uh Cole's album Born Sinner. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm telling you, they're working on that. It's happening. Like that's I happening. don't know man. Cole Cole did a freestyle like two Black Fridays ago talking about uh that, that album was gonna drop like sometime that, that, that upcoming year, like around May or something and it never did. We never heard nothing else about it. So who knows? I mean yeah, maybe but, they are I mean Maybe they are. Uh, that happens all the time. I, I, you know that uh, KOD was supposed to drop on um, last Black Friday. Cole said that that's when it was supposed to drop. On Black Friday of last year, KOD was supposed to drop. Yeah, but he said that uh, there was three tracks that he felt was not complete, and he wanted them to really be the best they could because then, you know, he would reach for, like, a classic album. Um, but he said that... Um, he said that he was originally wanted to drop the album was last year on Black Friday. So we'll see. All I know and, is and look how long it took. You know what I'm saying? So I hope so. Because all I'm saying is we know we know we get the best music from Cole and Kendrick when their hair looks the nappiest. And and right <laughs> now they, their hair looks the the nappiest of, of of all time. So that would be the best time for us to get the most fire out of those two. So I hope it comes soon. But uh, let, let's we're gonna get it, man. Uh, we better, man. We better. The game needs it. Uh, and if they if they did drop that album for real, I think it would make Hove and in 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 uh in Kanye maybe think about doing a Watch the Throne two or Drake and Kanye's uh duo album to to come out. Drake That's and what Kanye I'm really would actually be to. a good album, man. That's actually a good. Topic well, they talked about they were about. working on it. Oh, they are working on something. Yeah, he said that uh, Kanye and Drake said that Drake's last concert, not last concert, his last tour, like a, a year or two ago. Um, but all right, oh, wow. let's let's move on. Let's move on to Drake. Speaking of Drake, let's talk Drake's best album. 
we're not going to debate if he has a classic or not because I want to wait till uh, the two guys that we're missing out on uh, this week uh, said they'll be on next week. So I want to wait for them to come on for us to debate whether or not Drake has a classic. So today we're just going to focus on which one of Drake's albums we think are his best. Uh, and right. <laughs> Chris, I was I was telling Dennis, who I call um, uh, OVO, he, he's Mr. OVO. Anything Drake, Dennis is, is playing like three thousand times a day. Shout out to Dennis. Um, <laughs> but, uh, me and you are Drake fans, man. We we enjoy a good Drake song. Uh, so I ask you. Um, Chris, what album of Drake's do you think is his best? Is his best? This is best. I mean, I mean it. It, it depends because you know, like, I mean, I think Drake is one of the only rappers that's actually like kind of like I don't know, I don't know. You, you know, you might guys may think I'm wrong because he's kind of like changing with the times. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there was a point in time where Drake Drake was just like, bro, like. Every every nigga could relate, like be played by some girl because Drake was singing about it, you know. Like Drake had just had you like in the ultimate bag, and like, and then like he started he started to change, or he started to spit fire, and now he's doing um, you know, like you know, God playing look alive, like you know what I mean? It's it just like, he, I, and he's just still still like keeping up with the times, but you know, yeah. one of one of the albums that I really really like from him is probably. And like probably one of his best albums has to be Take Care because he like him and him and the weekend collaborated on the album and it's just like a beautiful piece of work. I mean, it's it's like really crazy. Like, you know, I just love I just love like the type of sound like it produced. Like it wasn't like it had some bars in it and it had some of the singing Drake. You know, not not so much of bars but more of like the singing old Drake, you know, and I and I kinda like that, you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, I, I would say one of my favorite bars from him from that album uh, was the beginning of Headline. What was it? Uh, Headliners. What, what was that song? Uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember. Hold on, I'm pulling it up now. Um, but no, nah, I completely agree with you. Uh, while I look for this, uh, Headlines. There we go. I knew it was mm-hmm. something like that. Headlines. I thought he was he was spitting on it. I thought that was pretty dope. Um, but yeah, man, Take Care was. was I hate to use this phrase in term of, of an album, but it, it was almost beautiful. Uh, it had the melodies in it. Marvin's Room is still a song uh, that I hold close, man. I think that song is, is <laughs> so freaking fire, man. Drake was other junk with that song. Um, yeah, man. And the motto, YOLO, the term YOLO, the term no one ever thought of or, or knew existed before the motto. Uh, and Drake exactly. was spitting on that, and he was spitting on that. So yeah, man, I agree with you, man. Take care is definitely up there. If not one to me, it's like one B, because uh, the album that I'm putting up there for Drake's best album is Nothing Was the Same. That is, that to me is a special album because we've been saying this about Drake since he started. Can this guy rap, or is he just this singy kind of guy? Can he rap? Um, and he gave us an album telling us, yeah, I can take it. And I thought the best lyrical content we got from him was on Pound Cake with Hope. Um, I thought they were snapping back and forth, and it, 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 was, it was amazing. And 
I had to say one of my favorite verses from it is uh, <laughs> uh, when he was saying he might go to his high school reunion, make everybody mm-hmm. have to go through security clearance. I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, yo, that's fly. <laughs> that's fly. Yeah, bro. Um, but yeah, but, Drake, Drake. Go ahead. What were you saying, Chris? No, nah, I was just saying, like, you got to, like, think about, um, I don't know if you consider, like, Legend, because Legend, he was, he was spent some bars on there, too. Like, you know, sorry if you're reading it, um, if you're reading it, it's too late, like, like songs like Legend, like, it was just, like, like, not, not, not so Legend, but, you know, on the album, like, he was spitting, he, he had some fire on there, too, man. Like, that was, that was, like, a good, yeah. I don't know if it was a mixtape or an album. I don't know which one was. It, it. was a mixtape. Uh, if you're reading this too late, he, it's a mixtape. He calls it. He calls it a mixtape, but to me, a mixtape is something that has to be between like eight and maybe ten songs. And I think he had fourteen tracks on that. On that, so I don't consider that a mixtape. But if that's what he wants to call it, then that's what we'll call it as a mixtape. But yeah, you're right, man. Legend, Energy, Tin Band. Uh, he, he had a lot. He had a lot of songs. He was just snapping off on. Uh, but yeah, to me, uh, for me, nothing was the same as on there. Tuscan Leather started from the bottom. Wu Tang Forever, Own It, Worst Behavior, Hold mm-hmm. On, We're Going Home, Connect, The Language, 305 to My City, just all me with Two Chains and Big Sean. Even though Big Sean killed him on that, he killed him and Two Chains on that track. Uh, oh, Big yeah, Sean coming right. in at the end because I thought the song was over, and then when Big Sean came in, I was like, oh, oh, oh my God, there's more. What? And then he was just oh, spitting. No. I was like, all right. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I thought that was it. Um, this should yeah, be for so another topic, this. but uh. Um, I don't like Big Sean, guys. I don't like him. So, so that's gonna be oh. another topic. I think we got it. We got to dwell on that because I'm pretty sure you guys are against fans of Big Sean. But I'll tell you yeah. why. Like, that'll be another All right, topic. All right, cool. Right, okay. right after this, I want to know because I definitely want to know because I've yeah, I want to hear that this. from anybody. I haven't heard that from anybody right. before. Um, okay, I'll, right, t- I'll so, tell you why. I'll tell you why. All right, so I'm going to go to you then, and then we'll we'll end this Drake topic uh, with Gerald, and then we'll go into uh, Big Sean. Um, so, Steven, what Drake album are you picking as Drake's best? All right, uh, so I would I would have to go with uh, – it's tough, man, because I kind of wanted, like, tomorrow uh, – I mean, obviously I'm going to be listening to KOD still because I'm, like, just going through it. <laughs> but uh, I also wanted – give some time on Take Care Tomorrow again because I gave it a little bit of time the other day and I want to give it another time just to see how it really sits with me. Um, but as for right now, I, I would have to go with Nothing Was The Same to be honest with you. Um, like you said, I think it was it was his most lyrical. Um, it was his shortest album. And, and like I said, I got no problem with short albums, which, mind you, they're not really short. They last a good 40 minutes. It's just the fact that I don't want no songs that that will have you dragging out. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like a long long albums are it's hard for you to have a 16 track album without dragging out at some point. You know? Um, so I, I would say nothing was the same. I think I think he he was definitely in his bag in that in that time. I, I love that album. Yeah. Mind you, uh, the thing about that album too that was a time where. I was kind of still, I wouldn't say hating on Drake, but I just didn't like a lot of things he was doing at the time. And then he came with that album, and that album changed my whole mindset on Drake. So it literally changed how I looked at the guy, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, so, I'm, yeah, I'm I would completely say, I with you, man. You know I'm, I'm completely with no, you. I, I thought, 
I thought it was great for him to respond to the critics and let them know that he does, uh, you know, have the, you know, the, the lyricism in him. He just chooses not to use it, which to me is fine. Yeah. I mean, we saw, we saw Kanye kind of dip into that uh, to where he thought it might be doper for him to sing on some tracks rather than rap on them. But Kanye earned that. He earned that by giving us three dope lyrical albums in a row. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, all right, I want to do something different, guys. And it was like, all right, you earned that. Um, but Drake, to me, always reminded me of, of, of an Andre 3000. Obviously, I'm not putting him on the same level because Andre 3000 mm-hmm. has bars for days. But mm-hmm. Andre 3000 was one of those guys that if you didn't listen to him and Big Boy's earlier stuff, you would thought all Andre 2000 did was sing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you wouldn't have thought that. Oh, this guy can really rap uh, because his focus was more so on on he wanted to bring in those those nice soft melody kind of kind of junks or those sped up party kind of songs that he was singing. Yeah. On. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so I, Drake always kind of reminded me of that, but he just doesn't have as much talent as Andre 2000 in the lyrical department. But it, it is good to see that Drake can rap, and he showed it with that. And then, like you said, Chris, he followed it up with, if you're listening to this, uh, you know, it's too late or whatever it's called, uh, two years after that, and he followed it up with that that had mad lyrical content. Um, but, Gerald, I saved you for last. Gerald, <laughs> a.k.a. I don't think Drake can rap, a.k.a. I don't think he has lyrical talent, a.k.a. Oh, I sleep on Drake. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. So, Gerald, uh, I wanted to ask you, what do you think? Is Drake's best album. Well, I just have to say thank you for that lovely intro. Um, <laughs> Absolutely, man. Um, that's a, see, it's kind of hard to pick because I'm not a Drake fan, and I'm probably one of the only humans who never fully listened to a full wow. Drake album. Ooh. So, um, I. If I have to say, it would probably be Take Care for the simple fact it had Marvin's Room on it. That was the only song I could really, at the time, it, it spoke to me. Like, like, don't get me wrong. I will never take away the fact that Drake's talented. The fact that he was one of the first rappers to make it mainstream without getting, you know, a contract. He made a mixtape, which was which I thought was like, pretty dope because I think he had like a couple of music videos for some of his songs on his mixtape but then after he went like commercial it just seemed like alright now like you're kind of like doing what everybody else is doing and the reason why I don't think he's a, a lyricist because I think Rashawn touched on this before he um he said that basically he 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 gave up being a lyricist to, to make hits and I feel like yeah. you don't have you don't have to give up being a lyricist to make hits because look at Kendrick. Kendrick wrote and produced the whole Black Panther album, and that album is fire. It's even up for a oh, Grammy. Oh, that's, ama- that's an amazing oh. album, by the way, man. Oh, geez, like, well, so I mean that that just proves to you 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 don't you like you don't have to give up, you know, being a lyricist to to make hits and. The thing with Drake is the reason why I like I said I don't I don't personally don't like Drake like he he seems like you know he he's good at R and B and rap you know a lot but my thing my problem is with him he panders to a lot of his fans 
Like he does a mm-hmm. lot of pandering. He gives them basically what they want, and and to crack to to basically get on why all the females like him. I, I asked my, my my best friend Olivia. I was like, we we always have this discussion with between you know Drake, and I was just like, a lot of females only deal with Drake because of the way he looks, and he panders to a lot of his female fans, and. I feel like if Drake looked like Uzi or Yachty, a lot of people wouldn't mess with him. Well, Gerald, I would have to just hold on. Hold on. Let, let, uh, let me say this. Let me say this. As, as far as that, that's, the, the looks aren't why. Well, let me not say that. The main reason why women uh, uh, pander for, for Drake is because Drake makes records that the tone yeah. of the record is men are trash, men are dogs, like you don't need a man, you're great without one. So it, yeah, it like empowers he's the perfect women. man That's, kind of. Right. Like he's he's what women want all men to be like when at the end of the day, Drake is as much of a dog as all of us. <laughs> so exactly. it's just like, it's like, like women only look. No, but the thing is, Drake has never changed. That's always been Drake. Like when people go, uh, why did he sacrifice the lyricism to just make hits? That's what he was out the gate. I just want to be successful. I mean, you could say he was kind of spitting oh, a little bit on that. That's you could say he was so kind of spitting on that, but yeah. that was that was a mainstream record. That wasn't that wasn't like when Kendrick did. Uh, uh, one of like one of Kendrick's old mixtapes, like that wasn't in, in that kind of bag. So to me, Drake has always been consistent on what he wants to be. I think what what annoys a lot of people is he keeps calling himself the best rapper, the best rapper alive. What? And I think what what upsets a lot of people is it's like yo, but you don't rap. You know what I'm saying? But Drake is saying exactly. like, all right, but when I, but Drake is saying when I do rap. Like, Gerald, you're saying he doesn't rap, but you haven't listened to, if you're listening to this, it's too late, or you haven't fully listened to um, the, the album that I was saying. Those are his two most lyrical albums. So if you want to hear him actually spitting, there you go. Those are it. That's what you check out. But, you know, it, it, as far as, like, Drake, to me, has always been somebody that understands what he does well and just maximizes that. And you were saying he made his name off of doing something that kind of like everyone was doing. No, no, no. In terms of mainstream, Drake has redefined what mainstream means. This is a guy Mm -hmm. who spent three years on Billboard Top 100. Three years. So, I mean, this is someone who is re... Like, he's redefined what it means to be mainstream. Drake told you guys, like, if I give you a diss record, it's not going to be a diss record like Hov and Nas did it's going to be a disc record that you could dance at the club at. And then when Back to Back came out, I was like, yo, how did Drake have me dancing to a, a disc track? Like, this is crazy. I feel like popping bottles. Right? Like, you know what I'm saying? This is insane. So Drake, to me, has redefined what it means to be not only a mu- I won't say a musician, but a quote-unquote rapper in today's time. Like, Lil Wayne kind of experimented with it, with it a little bit, but Drake completely took it and made it his own. And that's why women love him. And to be completely honest with you, he makes songs that dudes is like, yo, all right, Drake, like you was just saying Marvin's room. If you actually listen to more Drake's albums, you'll be getting, you'll see that there's more songs like that that might have you like 3 o'clock in the morning for some reason just calling your ex. Like you, you didn't even know you was. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, all of a sudden, you're calling her like, yo, I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what Drake's always been. So, to me, Gerald, what I definitely would suggest to you, listen to more of Drake's albums. If you can't, you can't. If you just don't like them, that's totally fine. But I think you should listen to more of his albums. And then if you don't like them, cool. But I think it may change your mind because he does have some lyrical content on some of those albums. Nah, just just get your heart broken and then listen to some Drake. It's, you, it's you not that I don't Absolutely, like him. man. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's just like it, it, the best way I can explain this because we're I'm sure we're all animated like you know anime nerds. Like he's one of those key characters that's just like why is he here? Like you know what I'm saying? Like he I don't know. He I, I just feel like he, I just feel like to Drake, me like Drake everybody just been, everybody just on him. Everybody's like, oh, Drake's this, Drake's that. Like, I had a um, a brief debate with one of my buddies, uh, Taquan, and he was just like, oh, Drake, the, one of the best rappers alive. I was like, you really going to put him over, like, Kendrick and J. Cole? He goes, yeah, like, they're not making hits like him. I'm like, but you have to understand something. I really I believe like you have to have a certain type of knowledge to listen to Kendrick and all of them because everybody don't get, like, and to quote what Rashawn said, like, there's a difference between being lyrical and making hits. Like, Drake, Future, and all them, they make hits to, to, like, make you move, dance in the car, and be, you know, like, basically escape the world. And then when you listen to, like, Kendrick, J. Cole, Nas, even, like, I'm going to throw my, my favorite rapper in there, Pat Poos, they make you think about, yo, the world is really, like, the world is really failing for us people and, you know, in the ghettos, people trying to make it in the, you know, the industry and stuff like that. So I understand where Drake's coming from. I will never take away from him that he makes great hits. Never, never said that. My, my problem is with him. Do not call him the best rapper alive when most of his albums he's singing. If anything, I would say Drake is a great R&B artist alive because He's been doing stuff. I mean, some of his albums, well, that I've heard of, some of his R&B songs are out there better than Usher and all that. So if, if I could say this, I'd say he's a better R&B artist than he is a rapper. Nah, I think you're boxing him in too much. I think if you don't want to say he's the best rapper alive, I think the way you, you find the common ground is just to say he's, he's one of the best artists alive. Artists mm-hmm. all around. For, for for him able to give you lyrical content or for him to be able to give you a hit. Like he's he's just one of the best in the game right now. That's how I view that's how I view uh Drake. He's just he's the best of both worlds. Just because he chooses not to do something doesn't mean he's not good at it. Uh but I I'm I won't for a second say he's anywhere near like what Cole or Kendrick can do, but that's because they're more lyricists. But if you look at J. Cole, J. Cole even said he struggled to to do a hit. I mean, he, you know, he even said on that, I let Nas down track. Like, Nas was like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> why are you putting out that? Uh, he was doing like a uh, a newer version of the the workout plan that, that Kanye did. You know what I'm saying? So, for, for Cole, oh, he'd rather give... do... Go ahead. Go ahead, Steven. Can we give Cole his... Because I feel like a lot of people forget this. Can we give Cole his props? That Cole was pretty much Thank the you. one to to change the game in the sense that you could you don't have to do the traditional 
you know, put some singles out and this and that to push a record out. Because Cole, like his, the label didn't think he was going to sell. And this man literally sold 250000 I believe, on, on Cole World just out of the strength of fans alone. And, and I think it showed the world that you don't have to go to that traditional, you know, oh, let's push some singles out and, and, and let the label put this single out and, 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 uh, and then show this one uh, and then this and that, stretch it out. Because even after that, even after Cold World, I'm sorry, just to finish it up real quick, after Cold yeah, World, you know, you really started hearing the other kind of albums, like Good Kid, Mad City sold amazing, and that was a very serious album. And that was a lot of people's first introduction into Kendrick. It wasn't mine, but it was a lot of people's, you know what I mean? Um, but I, I kind of yeah, give no. Cole that, that, like, opened, you know, he kind of opened the, the whole, yo, you don't have to go in the traditional, take some singles out to, to, to get a record out like that, you know? I mean, I will sell. say, what you're saying about Cole World, I think what you're forgetting is uh, around the, the time of putting that, like, uh, kind of going out and promoting that album. He was on one, 106 in Park, and you know what song uh, they were using as the quote-unquote hit? They were using Who Dat as, mm-hmm. as one of Cole's hits. So, I mean, he didn't do it. Like, he just, he just dropped an album and then, like, didn't have to release any hits. He's done that now because he's a Oh, no, I, so no, I didn't base. say, yeah, I didn't say that he, no, I didn't mean it in the sense that he just dropped it like that. I meant it in the sense that, who that didn't even do anything for him as a single. You got what I'm saying? Because it was just this him rapping. Overall, it didn't do anything. If anything, the one that did more for him was Workout. But you got to understand, like, that, that was a time where, you know, Drake was running the airways, and you, Cole was literally a guy that only diehard fans really knew of. You got what I'm saying? So when Cole World dropped, like I, like I said, the label didn't think he was going to sell, really. Like, he was probably just going to sell, like, a little okay numbers. But the strength of him being on tour for all those years and having that fan base really grow strong with him was what pushed those sales, like, like that good. You get what I'm saying? Like, it was such amazing sales for an artist that oh. the label didn't even think was going to sell anything. You know what I mean? Wait, hold on. And I, actually, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was thinking of the, the wrong album. Cole actually, uh, uh, he had multiple singles uh, that came from this album. Can't Get Enough with Trey Song. Mr. Nice Watch with Hove in the morning with Drake and Nobody's Perfect with uh, Missy Elliott. So those were, and then like you said, Workout. Those were the, the singles that they were pushing yeah. heavy. Now, I agree with you on they didn't really think that this album could, could sell much, but that's why Hove hopped on it. That's why they went out and got Missy. They went out and got Trey Songz, who at that time was, was like the, the peak of his career, and then they went and yeah, got Drake, was- somebody who was up and coming and hot. And they were pushing those specific songs in the morning. Uh, in the morning, Mr. Nice Watch can't get enough. Nobody's perfect, and like you said, the workout. And I, I throw who that in there, but I, I get you on what you're saying about they didn't like mainstream people weren't really feeling who that like that. But those other four or five songs, they pushed those heavily, like heavily. Yeah. I know, uh, cool. especially uh, the. Um, can't get enough with Trey songs is being played like almost constant. That was. I, I always say that was J. Well, I, I, don't, I don't mean it more. I don't mean it more in the singles. Maybe I worded like what I was trying to, uh, you know, say. Uh, I didn't mean it more in the singles. I was saying more in the sense of Cole being 
this new artist, and if you expect anything from a new artist, is that they're not really going to sell like that. And the reason he sold was out of the strength of his fan base that he grew through being on tour for so long. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, so I got you. I don't mean I don't mean it more in the sense of the singles because Workout did do good for him and Can't Get Enough did good for him. Um, but I meant in the sense of the label not realizing what they had. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like yeah, it opened I, the window for artists to be like, you know what, maybe I don't have to kind of move the way the label wants me to move. You know what I'm saying? Maybe I could that's you true. know, go but my I will artistic say, way with it. I will say the biggest thing that helped Cole was he was he was being co signed by, by Hove. Hove believed yeah. in him like completely. Um and, and what's funny is Hove is the guy that kind of refuses to put guys' albums out. So the fact that he even let Cole uh, just kind of be free with that first album, give lyrical content, but still have to drive home those those quote unquote uh, hits. Um, you know, being co-signed by Hove, especially back then. W- what year is this? Back in yeah, t- uh, well, twenty eleven. That yeah, yeah. Uh, you know that that was something that was huge. So I'm pretty sure the label saw that and was just like, all right, well, it's Hove that's co-signing him. Let's let's see what he can do, and then the rest is history. But I do get what I do get what you're saying. I honestly do get what you're saying. Um, but all right, we got like th- a little under 30 minutes left to go. So let's get into our next topic. I want you, Stephen, to tell us why you are not a fan of Big Sean. And the first question I want to ask you going into that is, did you hear his mixtapes before hearing mainstream Big Sean? Uh, okay, so you want me to start? Yeah, Mind you, this is, first of all, this is a tricky one. I didn't think this one was going to be in this conversation. So you added this one, so I know you feel some type of way. <laughs> but uh, uh, what you would call it? Um, all right. So my thing with Big Sean is he just doesn't like he doesn't captivate me, man. Uh, and obviously, this is all personal opinion because he has a fan base and all that. But one thing about Big Sean is, and mind you, I've given him a try with his albums. It's like, all right, let me see what he's got here. Uh, I feel like. He can come off corny a lot of times. Like, he can come off with lines that are just, like, really corny. Uh, I'm not a big fan of his voice. It sounds kind of weird sometimes. And and I think it's, like, it's weird. It just seems, like, fake deep. Like, it's not deep, like, on some real genuine shit. It's, like, he's trying to cater to that, but he's not genuinely that guy. You get what I'm saying? So that that's my thing on him. Um, like I said, and that's just personal. I just feel like that way about it. But when you, if you think about what separates, like Kendrick and Cole as these artists that you know have these messages and people really take them seriously, to a guy like Big Sean who tries to do these serious topics, but it just doesn't, uh, it doesn't like what do you call it? What's the word I'm looking for? Translate. It doesn't translate with the, with that crowd. I don't know what it is. Like, is it that? that he's done a lot of mainstream songs? Is it that he kind of sounds a little bit like Drake? It's a little different. Or is it that he got those corny lines that kind of just throws you off on any deep message he's trying to say? You know what I'm saying? I feel like he tries too hard sometimes with, with his with his bars. Like, he could spit, but I feel like sometimes he's just trying too too hard, and it comes off as, as corny to me. That's, that's my opinion well, I, on him, to be honest. I will say that, um, it, it's well documented. He um, Drake, uh, you know that 
I may not mean nothing. Like that song, that that flow mm-hmm. that he was using, he had taken that from mixtape Big Sean. Um, and mainstream didn't know Big Sean, so they were just like, oh, Drake is coming, like, with that fire. And then Drake came out later and was like, oh, no, 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 I definitely got that from Big Sean. The, the, yeah. the, beginning, uh, the beginning of mainstream Drake, uh, you know, where, where it was rhyming, like how, how it was rhyming, the cadence even a little bit, he had taken that from Big Sean, like, completely. He didn't even take it and try to, like, flip it. He just completely grabbed that from Big Sean. Um, and it w- and it wasn't until Big Sean came out with that first hit with uh, My Last with Chris Brown, uh, whatever the name of that song was, that people were like, oh, okay, okay. So that's who Big Sean is. That That's where we heard that sound from. Um, but I, I will say, you know, I have nothing to combat how you feel because that's how you feel. Um, and I completely respect that. But I will say Big Sean um, is one of those guys that's a hit or miss with albums. I don't think he's one of those guys – I always thought Big Sean would be better you suited got a to follow. Do I think he has a classic? No, no, yeah. absolutely not. I think if I if I would, was going to label anything as a classic, it'd be one of his mixtapes. Um, but I okay. always thought Big Sean should have followed Fab's blueprint. But he makes too many hits to do that. Um, yeah. I, I always thought Fab was was someone who who's better expressing himself in mixtapes than in albums, like. He shouldn't have to okay. work under the the you know like the label telling him like yo we need a hit I need you to do ooh she while it while like do that song with Chris Brown because we need a hit you know what I'm saying like Fab doesn't work in that space him and Jada just want to do some raw lyrical content mm-hmm. on like ten tracks you know what I'm saying and I always yeah. thought that'd be better suited for Big Sean he's not an album guy like his albums to me are always hit or miss. And there's, like, maybe three or four songs that I grabbed from it that I'm like, yo, I love these songs. Um, but, Chris, I, I want to go to you, then, Gerald, uh, before we move on. Chris, starting with you, uh, wh- what are your thoughts on Big Sean? And do, are, are you kind of with Steven on, on the ideas of, of everything he was saying about Big Sean, or are you a, a, a big fan of his? I mean, I'm a fan, you know what I mean? Like, you can't get me wrong, but... You know, Big Sean is not really my, like, cup of tea. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, like, it's, like, I'll, I'll listen to him. You know, I'll listen to the album. You know, I'll, you know, I'll pass judgment to the album. You know, like, it, like, the guy who has some hits, like, he does, like, bars are really fire. So it's just like, you know, you won't see him. Like, you won't see it in my rotation. You know what I mean? Like, you won't see it, like, something I'll listen to, like, like, every week or every other week. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, Oh, something he put out. All right, I'll probably listen to about like maybe like maybe it'll be hot for that month, maybe or maybe like yeah, maybe for like a month or something. But it's not like something like you know like the, like listen to the weekend. Like I listen to the weekend like all his music like all the time. You know, it's just like his music's not something I would do that. You know. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, and I, I will say some of Sean's like best songs come from features or, or, or stuff like that. Um, exactly. But, I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's like, like I said, it's, his, his albums are hit, and, hit or miss. I'm looking at I Decided, um, Bounce Back, No Favors with Eminem. Uh, I decided, was, it came out strong in, like, the I Decided came, was strong yeah. for, like, the first four or five songs. I was like, okay, he's really going, you know, doing his thing. Um, 
And then after, like, the first four or five songs, man, it just went downhill. I was like, I found myself just spacing out, like, and not spacing out in a good way, like, spacing out, like, out of the song. And I'm like, what the hell? And it never did yeah. anything for me after that. I'm with you. Um, I'm looking at some of his albums. He ha- he has some bangers, but it's like I I couldn't call any of his albums classic by by any stretch. Uh, but Gerald, what are, what are your thoughts on Big Sean? Um, I was, I mean, I only know of two Big Sean songs, which is uh, one with Chris Brown and another one where he featured Nicki. Um, when he came out the gate, he came out the gate swinging. And he, to be honest, I, I I thought the the Nicki Minaj song that he had with her was actually pretty dope. I can't think of the name of it, but I thought of him as the next like Lupe Fiasco and you know Bob because at the time growing up in high school, Bob and Lupe Fiasco that was my Kendrick and J Cole before Kendrick and J Cole were known. B.O.B. and, you know, Lupe were, they were like the demigods to me. And I didn't even know he put out an album last year. So to, and, and the fact that I didn't even know that, like, it was, it just seems like he kind of wait, fell wait, who off. Did? Who so. did? Hmm? Who put out an album last year? Um, Big Sean. It's, um, I'm well, looking at it right now. It's, um, let me, let me go back. Hold on. I'll tell you right now. It wasn't I decided last year, right? Was it? I decided it was last year. I think it was, yeah. It was 2017. I decided it was uh, 14 songs. It was released 2017. Yeah. So I didn't even know know he had that album out. So I thought, like, after his, what, his second? Because that's what his, uh, I decided what, that's his, like, third studio album or something? I think that that might be his fourth. His fourth, I don't, I don't even know, I only know about his first two. I didn't even know he had two more. So, uh, to me, it seemed like he kind of fell off. But he did get a lot of his style from Kanye because, you know, he was basically, it, it seemed like, you know, Kanye was his god and stuff like that. And I feel like Kanye should have took him under his wing and and basically nurtured him more. But with Big Sean, he was kind of thrown into the fire. Like I said, he had the potential to be like the next B.O.B. and Lupe, but it just seems like he ain't making no more music because you got all these other people like uh, Yachty and Uzi and all that making music. You know, he Big Sean really doesn't have any much to prove because if you really think about it, his albums and, you know, people who came before him were kind of like the greats. Now you got these these trap artists, and if you have Big Sean come out with another album right now, is it going to be Big Sean, or is it going to be like, uh, you know, I got to pander to the fans, because if I rap like, you know, my predecessors, like, you know, how, how am I supposed to fit in this society now, because everything's about popping Xanax and stuff like that, and that's one thing Big Sean wasn't about, so... Well, I was never I will like, say like I said, Sean, I was never really a fan, but I will say Big Sean, um, Big Sean, Kendrick, Cole, Nipsey, uh, uh, Big Crit, those guys, they have a core fan base. Uh, I, I won't put Kendrick in there. Uh, I'd say Kendrick out, but the rest of those guys, they have a core fan base that no matter what album they put out, how trash we may think it is, 
their core van, their core fan base uh, are going to buy it, and that's where their sales are going to come from. But guys like Big Sean, he pulls the Drake method to where it's like, um, if he kind of puts out a feel of, like of his album and people aren't really feeling it, what he'll do is he'll drop a single. He'll drop a single. That single will will be like better than anything else probably on this album, and then more people will go play back his his recent album to see if there's any songs like that on there or anything like that. So he follows that formula to where it's like, album might not look strong, here's a single, now we're interested, now we go check out his album. So he's one of those guys that's not really like the strongest album kind of guys, but he kind of reminds me of, um, I just lost the, the guy in my head, but anyway, um, I see where you're coming from, Steven, on, on Big Sean. I will always be a fan of his from his mixtape days. I thought his mixtapes were classic. I thought when Kanye signed him to Good Music, put him there with uh, Sci High, uh, Common, Pusha, I was like, yeah, that's that's the new squad. And Big Sean, when you listen to his freestyles, when you listen to when he did Mercy and all that, he held his own with some of the titans that that Ye had on 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 the uh, on the label. So to me, yeah. Big Sean can hold his own. He's just not a good album guy. And to me, I, I don't fault him. Fab back in the day, like he had some. He had, I guess you could say, maybe some, some classic albums, but Fab wasn't the best album guy. He had, like, some hits on the album, but he wasn't the best album guy. He was more of a mixtape dude. So, to me, I always feel like Big Sean is in that that pocket, to where it's like, if, if you want to hear the best Big Sean, it wouldn't be from an album. It'd be from a mixtape, you know, that he did. Um, but let's move on, because we got a lot of topics, and we only have, like, 18 minutes, so we're going to kind of somewhat speed through some of these. Um, I do have one that I wanted to bring up that I didn't want us to spend too much time on, but I did think it was important to bring up. And the topic is, is the new school whack or are expectations too high? And what I mean by that topic is a lot of people think the new school is just trash, pure garbage, worst thing we've ever heard. And to me, it, it, it depends on what you're, what you're basing that off of. Like if you're saying Lil Uzi, isn't hot because he doesn't have, like, he's not spitting, then to me it's like you should never put on an Uzi track thinking you're about to get lyrical content. Or if you're listening to a Yachty song and you're like, yo, he's only talking about stupid kid stuff, where's the real rapping? That's not Yachty. So to me, I feel like the new school is what it is. It's not, you know, it's never going to be on the level of Cole or Drake or Kendrick or or guys like that, but it's good for this time. They're, they're making something that's good for this time. And honestly, I listened to some of uh, Lil Yachty's um, albums, especially his last one that I thought was 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 fire. Um, he had some good tracks on there. Yeah. Minnesota, Minnesota is mad catchy. I thought that was like some nice little little fun song to to kind of like just bop to a little bit. Um, I'm not a fan of like Lil Perp or Lil. Snoop, with all these other uh, crazy uh, rappers, but guys like Lil Yachty, Lil Uzi, you know, they make some some pretty good music. So, uh, Steven, I'll go to you first. Is the new school whack, or are our expectations too high? Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. <laughs> all right, so the new school, man. Um, Look. They one thing the new school I like that they do, they do bring a pretty awesome energy. Like I wouldn't say awesome, but I would say it's it's a pretty fun energy, especially if you're in a party setting. Um, 
And, and when that energy, I'm talking about like the the way that they go with the melodies. They they, they could mess with the melodies a little bit and, and drag some words around. Other than that, though, I can't give it much more than that. I I think that I think that the music is is is, is trash. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like I just think it's trash. It's it's just it's very stupid. The dumb messages. I mean, like even Lil Pump in that one song, he says. Uh, he says, uh, me and my grandma take meds. I mean, like, just come on, bro. Like, you know what I mean? What kind of shit is that? You know what I mean? And I, I, I think it's very repetitive. It, it, it's so stupid. Even his diss to J. Cole, it, it, the song is called Fuck J. Cole. The verse is literally saying Fuck J. Cole. Like, that's literally the full verse is him saying, repeating that. And then the chorus goes, Fuck J. Cole, ugly ass nigga. Fuck J. Cole. Um, ass nigga. Fuck. It, but that was it. It's like, what do you get from that? You know what I'm saying? And I feel like Cole touched it up in this album, which is like, you're writing a trend on something that's literally just popular right at this moment, and then it's not going to last. I don't believe that it's going to last. I do have a few artists from the, um, I have a few artists from the new school that I think are still going to I think Lil Uzi Verse is a talented dude. Um, Lil Uzi Verse talented. Uh, XXX Tenshawn uh, is a talented guy. Um, but uh, other than that, I mean, you know, and honestly, what do we consider the new school? Because Jordan Lucas is what we consider a new school. He's super lyrical. Like, Jordan Lucas is nice. So, it's tough, man. I guess it just caters on. Do you consider a new school? Or do you just consider it a certain genre, like mumble rap? You know what I mean? And if that's the case, n- no, I don't think it's gonna last. I think it's just a, a it's just a wave for for a while. Um, I I appreciate yeah, I lyrics. Mean, I appreciate I appreciate um content. And you know what I'm saying? And and I don't think they they giving me context. They just they're really talking a lot of ignorant shit through the music. And I think it's bad, man. I just think it's bad overall. And it's crazy that we're talking about this now because, you know, obviously Cole just dropped an album where he touches on a lot of these subjects, but it's it's, it's, it's it's ignorant and it's stupid, man. Like he said, like, you're not caring about the people that look like us. You know what I'm saying? You go ahead making your little quick money. One, it's not going to last. Two, these people just want to see you act this like this dumbass. You know what I'm saying? And and I don't know. I, overall, I think it's, 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 it's not a good direction for hip hop itself, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't know. I, I look at it and I go, We accepted uh Ludacris when he was albeit he had lyrical content, but most of his hit songs back in the early two thousands didn't really have any message that was positive. It was like go out in the street, uh he was doing like some crazy junk, disturbing the peace. They was in strip clubs throwing bot like Ludacris was, was doing wild stuff. Lil John oh, yeah. and, and the East Side Boys was doing wild stuff. Like, a lot of these guys back in the day, that's why when Holes came out and said, uh, you know, like, old dudes, let's stop acting like Tupac and have a nose ring, too. Like, the the look some of these guys have, you know, the, the, the weirdness of them. I remember people thought Kanye was weird with, with, with the backpack and the polo sweaters. They thought that was super weird. Then that became a trend. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. it's like, Nothing these new school rappers are doing, hip-hop hasn't done before. Talking about drugs, yeah, a lot of 50, Holes, Biggie, they 
was rapping about drugs. Maybe not. Yeah, but they they, they rapped about that. drugs, but it was a lot of more of like in with like within the story. There was a story behind it, right? Especially I, if you like. I feel you, but if you're listening to Biggie, like, back at that time, and you're, like, 15, 16, you're not hearing him saying, like, when Hove came out and said, Hove did that, so hopefully y'all won't have to, you know, do what I did. Like, kids weren't paying attention to that. They were paying attention to, like, oh, what, what, what Biggie does, oh, Biggie sells weed? Word, I'm going to make money selling weed, too. Like, what I'm saying is people listen to music, and they take out what they want to take out. Like, not every Uzi song is is about something stupid. Not every Yachty song is about something stupid. You know what I'm saying? So it's one of those things yeah. to where it's like we as a society hear things or see things and take what we want, but then when it's like, all right, Yachty put out some positive stuff, now nah, we don't pay attention to that. We only want to criticize him because he put out some stupid stuff before. So all I'm yeah. saying is it's, it's subjective, and I think our expectations are too high because we want lyrical content. That's what us old school guys want. You know, we just we we yearn for lyrical content, and since these new kids aren't about that, and they're rapping about what's actually happening in 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 their life, like Lil Yachty, he don't got no care in the world. He out here uh, commercials with Sprite, commercials with Target. He out here living living his best life. He's not worried about. I, I'm supposed but to be see, the guy that has to motivate the next generation. That's not that's not see, who that's he not, is. That's not what I'm... Oh no no no! I'm not saying that's what you're saying. I'm saying that that's the problem a lot of these old guys have, and we're not old guys, so I'm not I'm not putting us in that boat. Yeah. Uh, like the actual old guys, that's the problem they have with these younger rappers. Like, yo, you're supposed to be leading the new generation. All right, cool, but you have to understand, he don't want to lead a new generation. You know what I'm saying? That's not for everybody. Not not everybody is one of those guys that's like, all right, follow me, guys. This is how things should be. Don't do like nah. Lil Yachty wants to rap about what he does in his life. Six six nine wants to rap about the stuff he does in his life. He thinks he's really about that. And for everyone who's saying he's ignorant, he's stupid, he's about to get himself killed. Spoiler alert: you know, you know who did the same exact thing six nine did. You know who six nine got this from? I'll I'll, I'll refresh you guys' memory. Somebody named Fifty Cent. Fifty came out and was talking about. He out here in the streets. He was going through that beef with Ja Rule where they were shooting, stabbing. Yeah, but 50 was about that life. 50 was... This guy is... 50 was about that life. This is just trolling. What I'm saying is we don't know. We don't know if 6 9 is about that life. Ain't nobody check him yet. We don't know. You know what I'm saying? We don't know that. Because, uh, to be honest with you, I believe he's he's got people that are being paid. People are being paid to protect them. You know, and, and it's if, like Charlie said, case, once that money runs out, you know. And also, all right, so let, let's say you want to give them the benefit of the doubt that, you know, maybe they are these people that they say they are. Maybe they do these things. But it's it's the messages and the way they go about. I feel like they're, you know, when you think of 6 9 or this guy, a DJ Academics, like these guys are trolling. They're, they're trolls. And if you can't take a troll seriously, why would you take them seriously? I mean, even like, one of the last posts that uh that uh six nine posted, he posted a picture of him doing a tattoo on DJ Academics and he was like, uh, what do you guys think of Bay's mixtape? Like, what do you mean Bay? You know what I'm saying? Like that is 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 these kind of the way that they like troll that it's just like it's something off there, you know what I'm saying? It's like you guys really just trying to catch a reaction out of people. 
You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm they sure are. It's not, it's not they, gay or something like that. And it's not wrong with being gay or anything, but I feel like they're trolling. Like, they're just playing with these things I mean, to catch a reaction out of people. Let's not forget, 50 did that. 50, 50 was well documented by saying, like, yo, I like to get under people's skin. Let's not forget one of the beefs that made 50, like, mainstream, mainstream, and, like, people pay attention to him was when Hove got on stage and said, you know, yeah, I'm about a dollar. What is 50 cent? You know what I'm saying? And then everyone was like, oh, Hove just said 50 cent's name. Who's 50? Let me pay attention to 50. Uh, Six Nine is out here like, yo, let me let me pick beefs, let me talk trash, let me do this, and then people are gonna be like, like uh, I think Six Nine just came out and was talking crazy about uh, what's his name who just did that uh, that dinner kind of podcast thing with Joe Budden, um, Casanova, and it's like, yo, Casanova is about that, and Six Nine like, if you wanted someone to test your gangster, Casanova is that guy that will test it. He'll he'll come see you. So to me, it's like if if six nine thinks that's his best way to to lead to success. To me, I feel like today's youth is like they are they don't think for themselves. Like their their brains are easily swayed. So if some kids are watching six nine and they think it's cool to be out here toting guns or acting like you tough, to me, I feel like you should know that's not you. You know what I'm saying? Like. You don't got money to hire somebody to make sure you're not getting touched out in these streets. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know you don't do lean. So if music is something that gets you to completely change who you are, that to me I don't blame on the musician. I blame on the fact that you that dumb, that 6 9 rapping and trolling has now changed how you view yourself. Like, that that to me isn't a 6 9 problem. That's a society problem. Why why are you that easily molded by somebody you enjoy the music of? So to me, I feel like the new generation, if we're going to hold it against them that they're not proper motivators, they're not proper leaders, I'm going to say the generation before Nas, Biggie, Hove, uh, uh, Pac, like those guys, that generation looked down on Pac and thought Pac was wild. He was out in these streets just being wild. I'm sure if you asked yeah. KRS One back in that day, he would have said the same thing these guys are saying about Six Nine. Like, yo, this guy is really out here do- doing some crazy junk. And the crazy thing I is, get, I get what you're you saying say- in the sense of, I, I get what you're saying in the sense of, you know, generational thing, and you know, uh, it was different, and it was kind of their similarities. But at the end of the day, the fact still stands that. Tupac did Dear Mama. You get what I'm saying? He did songs changes. Yeah. So he, but he was actually about, there making a move. I'm talking and, about and when the reason started, I say that. We got to rem- Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, well, no, I'm saying the, the reason I say that is because, you know, one thing also that I don't like about this new school is this is like the first time I think that a new school is really out here just not respecting uh, either the culture or the people that laid the, the paved the way for them. You know what I'm saying? You know, if you were if you were to say that, let's say Drake, Cole, and Kendrick are the last people of like that last, you know what I mean, like from 2010, 2009, those times. Now they're now they're the OGs from the people that are out now, right? And but they yeah. respected the they respected their OGs, you know, like the the Nas, the Jay Z. They looked up to these guys, and and even if you take it from back there, Nas and them looked up to the guys before them. And now you're looking at a generation that is mad disrespectful to to their OGs. You get what I'm saying? 
They want to Let talk me, trash. I, I, oh, this, this is garbage. This is so. How I, can you? It's just tough for me to give him to take him seriously when when they're like just so disrespectful to the people that paved the way for them. You know what I mean? I see where you're coming from. The reason why I don't have an issue with that is Lil Yachty. I think is twenty twenty one. I I think he's around that age. I don't expect Lil Yachty to know about Prime Hove. I don't expect Yachty to know about Prime Yay. Biggie, Pac, Nas. Like, I don't expect him to know none of that. So if you ask Lil Yachty, you know, what'd you think about Illmatic? Never heard it. Oh, so you're not going to listen to it? No, I don't want to. Like, to me, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see any shame in that. Like, if you ask. Oh, no, to to not know the history. Yeah, but to not know the history, I don't see a shame in that either. I mean, yeah, I mean, I I would like for you to know your history, but if you don't know it or you don't. You didn't grow up in that time, then that's understandable. I'm talking about disrespecting the OGs. I'm talking about like calling, what? Give me, give me an example. Like Lil Pump, when Lil Pump was like, you know, fuck J Cole, that is trash, this and that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Maybe it's not your taste, but it's not trash, and you're you're disrespecting well, the culture. Or, or uh, Lil Xanny uh, uh, or whatever his name is, that little kid, when he said, uh, Tupac's music is boring. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, to me. It's, to me, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, him saying Tupac's music is boring, Tupac's music is poetic. That's for the thinkers. He's not on that level, and he's not from that cloth. He probably does think it's boring. He probably yeah. can't relate to not one word Pac is saying. And to what you were saying about homie saying that uh, J. Cole is trash, let's not forget J. Cole came out, did that freestyle, and it was just like, if I'm him, I'd be like, yo, like, for real? All right, cool. Yeah, I but mind you, the, the, the fuck J. Cole happened before that freestyle. J. Cole never mentioned anything about these kids. He never did. You know nah, what I'm but we, we, knew, we knew who he was talking about when he was on the back of that truck. We knew who he was talking about. We, oh, we, yeah, yeah. No, I, I understand that. But what I'm saying is when, when Lil Pump and them were started the little, you know, fuck J. Cole thing and all that, that was before that track. You get what I'm saying? That track never came you. out. So that was probably Cole's response to, you know, all these little kids acting up, this and that. And to be I mean, honest with you, if you listen to the new album, he actually matured with that thought because he was like, you know what? You know, let them do their thing. They're growing. But like I said, Lil Pump and them started to diss him without him ever saying anything about them. And now that Cole responds, you got Lil Yachty going, oh, uh, you know, how do you feel going at a 17-year-old jujit or whatever he said in the in the video? And he laughs it off. But to be honest, yeah, I think he's I mean, hurt. Well, I will say this. These lulls and these young these young rappers, they stick together, man. They stick together. But I will say this. A lot of these guys say that they reached out to the quote-unquote OGs and they don't hear nothing back. They don't get the same love mm-hmm. back, so they feel as though they don't have to give it. But all right, we're, we're, we're a little less than like, uh, 30 seconds. So I will say, guys, this was an amazing first episode of Voice of the Culture. Steven, thank you. Gerald, thank you. Chris, uh, next week we'll have uh, we'll have uh, Rashawn on. We'll have my boy Mai on. We'll have a few more yeah, people. Yeah, they'll on. be around. Uh, Rashawn reached out right. to me. He said that uh, that uh, he he got stuck in like a baby party or something like that. Yeah, he just texted me too. So they'll be back next week. Bigger. Uh, We'll have a bigger roster, and we're going to get to a lot of these topics that we didn't get to get to this week. Thank you guys for tuning in. This will be on uh, iTunes, and this will be on YouTube, so stay tuned.
We'll see you guys same time, same place. Voice of the culture. We're out. Culture. Everybody I'll see you guys. I mean, like, I gotta be like the pioneer to this shit, you know? I, I, I was popping that Chris Dow and a lot of y'all niggas thought it was B and shit. You know? We're in that platinum.